This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Final Cast with your dubious hosts, Matt. Woo! And Brad. Too much energy for me, Brad, but I'll take it. I'm trying to get you in a better mood. I'm in a fine mood. I'm just tired, man. My back hurts, and I just want to fish and not go to work tomorrow. And, you know, I'd rather do that, too. It sounds way better, doesn't it? It does. Which, uh, I went fishing this weekend, this past weekend, and uh, caught a bunch of fish on the spinnerbait. The wa- the river was up. It was moving a little quicker, and the water was – it wasn't muddy or anything. It was just like a stained, maybe a foot visibility. Yeah. But I threw, I threw the uh, disco lemonade spinnerbait and uh, caught a ton of fish. And it's funny because I hit the area that Justin likes to hit from the bank, his his little secret spot. Mm-hmm. Somebody was sitting right on top of it. <laughs> I took a picture. I was like, dude, somebody's fishing your spot. He said, go tip over their kayak. <laughs> you should have. Commit murder. Well, fishing, fishing spots are worth it. Yeah. Well, I come to find out, I get up to this guy. Guess who it was? Dole. 
Ryan Dole. <laughs> yeah, I knew it. It's always Ryan Dole. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was funny. I told I told uh Justin that he was like, Oh, that's funny. But, I mean he the dude knows about the spot. It's right, Ryan he knows Dole. About he knows every spot. He, I'll say he knows all the spots. Yep. So Lord. Yeah, but um yeah, I didn't get out this weekend, man. I had one of those weekends where I just really didn't want to do anything. I slept in Sunday for like the first day. I've been getting up every day at like four. Going to work and whatnot. So I just wanted to sleep in. So I did and I slept in and then that became not like wanting to move at all. (laughs) I've never had, I don't, well, I've had those days before, but they don't happen very often. Like for me to not go fishing when I have time to go fishing, that doesn't happen very often. Yeah, I mean they're they're fewer and far between for me, but it dude, I was just getting worn down. But I'll be outside Sunday, so yeah. Um, let me see. I don't know. Oh, we can fish after the demo day. We got a demo day coming up Saturday. Well, it'll be never mind. It'll be long gone by the time we air this. Air this. So yeah. yeah. So it's gonna be great. For everyone who's listening to this now, I'm sure we're going to have a fun time, even though it's supposed to rain in the morning a little bit, but we'll see. But anyway, if you want to fish afterward, like me, you can, if Mike shows up, we can all hit the river or something. We could could just hit Loveland down there, do that stretch we We want to do. We could. Although it is the little Miami River. Well, yeah, I mean, we're either going to catch dinks or drum, but, you know, screw it. It's whatever. But anyway... It's May, so you know what that means. We got the Dark Horse Tackle unboxing on this episode. And this box, I literally just opened this box a little bit ago, and I was like, holy crap, this thing's packed this month. Seems like yeah, so did I. got a lot more stuff this month than usual. Yeah, I literally, I got home and I didn't open the box, and uh, I told my wife, because she loves opening these boxes, and I was like, what? go ahead and... Yeah, she loves it, and then she'll like she'll get the card, and she'll be like, "Okay, so this this month we have," <laughs> and she'll and then she'll like have me guess the pricing. That's awesome. Um, but uh, yeah, this box was like she kept pulling stuff out, and I, I even said after like the fourth one, I was like, "Like how many are left?" She's like a couple. I was like, "Oh my god!" Yeah. <laughs> so pretty crazy. Oh yeah. Um, Where do you want to start? Yeah, I was about to say I'll just jump into it. Um. One thing that's tried and true, and I love, and I'll never, never not be happy when I get them, are uh, jerk shads. Oh, and dude. from Bass Reaper, Bass Reaper Bait Co., we got some jerk shads. Um, oh, Lord, excuse me. The, it's called the Morbid Minnow. Morbid Minnow. Five-inch. Yep, the five-inch jerk shad, which is, you know, it's a soft plastic jerk bait. And I love these things. I love throwing them. I mean, because I I mean, you can throw these. These are my summer jerk bait. This is how I get away with throwing jerk baits year round. Is because I'll throw yeah. these in summer, and it is essentially a jerk bait, and it's awesome. They get bit all the time. Don't really have a scent to them, but I would probably guess they're going to float. It's what's really nice is they have two in uh, built in. You know, obviously you have your underbelly opens up to where you can throw a weighted hook in there if you wanted to or something yeah. and then it's got a hook, hook notch in the top so you don't actually have to t-pose it in the plastic you can just put it right in that notch yeah so that is nice 
it gets you a little bit better hookups because you're not having to rip through the plastic and saves the plastic. Um, that's not but, something you see Zoom doing or anything either, like that little top, top notch. I like that. No, the Fluke from Zoom has pretty much been the exact same mold forever. Yeah. Um, but this top notch is nice. It's got the fork tail, which I typically love the fork tails more because they have a little bit more tail action. They'll get a little bit more erratic. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this is this is good any time of the year, especially coming into spring and summer. This thing's going to kill. And you get this whole pack. Like I always love to say, it comes in actual packs, not like sample sizes. But you get six flukes for four ninety nine. Yeah. Which is awesome. That's not so. bad. What color did you get? I got like Mormon, um, real shad. So it's just oh, that's a perfect what I got. natural. Yeah. Perfect natural color. Um, gives you that, you know, that shad silver on the bottom with that black on top. Um, that, I mean, that's, that's There's like a, a gold stripe down killer. the middle of mine too. Yep. Yep. It's got, yeah, I see it now that I'm actually really looking at it. It's almost like a chartreuse fade line. Um, but yeah, man, this is a, a nationwide killer. I don't care if you're in California, Delaware, Florida, uh, the Everglades, Brazil. This will catch them all. Yeah. So I recently got into jerk base la- or not jerk base flukes last year. Well, two years ago. Two years. And then ago. last year was I, I I started catching more fish with it because I got, I got better with it. But oh, I I can't wait to use that. That's awesome. Like I've never been a big like brand specific guy when it comes to flukes i've always used zoom or like the strike king caffeine sheds or i -hmm. mean this this is gonna be just as good as the zoom super fluke in my opinion i mean oh for sure i don't i think this and the fluke will be identical i will say i it's very hard for me in the fluke series and obviously i haven't fished these yet so i'll try them but i love the caffeine shads because they have a little bit more weight to them yeah, they're heavy. And they skip. They skip. Awesome. Yeah. To where you, especially on the river, there's two stretches of the river that me and Brad I already know. I, I've never asked him, but I know for a fact he throws flukes on this section where the trees completely overgrow and you can't get underneath them except for this little gap. And I yeah. flick spooks up or uh, spooks. I flick. Well, I've tried that. I lost like three walking baits doing that. <laughs> so that sucks. But I've, I'll flick a fluke right up underneath it or a caffeine shad rather. And I just get hammered every time I do that because they just sit underneath that overgrowth. Yeah. Um, dude, it's awesome. So I, I think that's I why I love it. the caffeine shed. Yeah. I, know, I think I know what stretch you're talking about because I actually did a video of me skipping a fluke under those trees before. And it was yeah, because like, you sent the, you sent the video to me and I was like, hey, I do the same thing in the same <laughs> spot and catch probably the same fish. <laughs> so Probably. I don't know. Fluke, fluke became like a... A staple last year for me, so I, 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 in the summertime, if the water's clear, I'm throwing the fluke. Oh yeah, easy. Well, uh, all right, I'm gonna go, go with this. I'm gonna go with this uh, Madmouth Bass Bait Company. Uh, we have a living rubber image football jig. That was kind of weird to read, but I got a, like a three eighths ounce, and the skirt is black and brown and chartreuse, and the head is brown with black dots all over it and what i gotta say about this the head looks very similar to a jig master's football jig head yeah it, it does has that for flat sure. bottom to it it's almost like a stand-up football yeah it's a little bit wider and it comes 
to more of a point than the Jig Masters one does, but it definitely has that flat side like a Jig Masters jig does. But yeah, Mad it's, Mouth Bass it's almost, it's almost like a sled jig, like a sled football to where, because like if you try to stand it up on its own, it, it, the angle of it doesn't want it to stand up. But yeah, it's another like sharp would, angle. It'd be perfect to like really drag across the bottom and bump into stuff because it's got to keep it deflected up. Because if you look at the actual bait, the angle goes like up. So it's got to want to skip all the way up and not really, you know, get want to just stand straight up or flip over. It's going to want to drag perfect. So especially over rocks and stuff, I think it's going to be really good. I got the, again, the same jig, the sled football head. I got it in black and blue. I got a half ounce. Um, See, I like the, and I mean, I like those heavier football jigs. I got three eighths. Yeah. If I'm throwing a football jig, I'm throwing a half ounce. Pretty much every jig I own, uh, I have nothing lighter than a half ounce other than like my finesse jigs, all quarter ounce, obviously. But if I'm throwing a meaty jig, I want a half ounce. That's all I want to throw. If I'm, if I'm fishing a football jig, I'm fishing it deep and it's at least three quarter. No, a lot of the times I throw three quarter an ounce or an ounce and a quarter, depending on how deep I'm fishing. Like at Dale hollow last year, we were throwing ounce, ounce and a quarters down Mm -hmm. to 40. Yeah. This year. Yeah. This year I caught that one fish in 25 foot and I was throwing an ounce. Big yeah. old giant jig with a big old giant four and a half inch or four and a quarter inch Nico Helgermite on the back of it and it got smashed. Yeah, the the only jig fish I caught all weekend this year was that one on that three quarter jig masters. Mm-hmm. This, this still serves its purpose. Like you could throw that shallow, you know. I mean, it's not a flipping jig, it's a football jig, so you want to find like rocky areas and stuff. Mm-hmm. yeah i mean it's just it's all based on terrain and you can really throw a half ounce or even a three quarter ounce um or a three eighths excuse me in deeper water because it goes down the water column slower so yeah. that's actually if i if i'm noticing the fish are really suspending and they're not off the they're not off the bottom especially let's say 30 foot of water and they're suspending at 20 that uh three quarter not three quarter three eighths or half ounce goes down a bit slower in the water column instead of just shooting right by them and they have a little chance. You'll get a lot of your bites whenever I do that. I get them right when it hits the bottom. So yeah. it's going, going, going. And that's typically right when it's hitting the bottom, that fish is following it down and it's able to keep up with it. It doesn't just shoot by. He's able to look at it. Looks like a fleeing prey fish or crawl or whatever it is, whatever your trailer is. Yeah. And they just hammer it right when it hits the bottom. So, I mean, everything has its place. Yep. I was going to say that too. Like they probably followed it all the way down to the bottom. Yeah pretty cool i love fishing the jig man like i do too it's like my favorite they could give me a a jig in every box and i'd be like heck yeah dude (laughs) (laughs) well the last i think three boxes we've got jigs in every box yeah i'm I'm for it it's awesome oh yeah and it's it's not the joy of jigs is they're kind of like flukes man you could throw them year round you will get bit i know guys who will only throw a jig in the winter they won't throw anything else it is jig or die so I've never tried it in the wintertime, but it works. I believe it does. Um, so next, since we did the jig, we'll just go right into the trailer um, that it came with. We got from Prodigy Custom Lures. It is the uh, Pulse 4-inch Crawl. I got it in black and red, but I actually, actually kind of do like this color. Um, I got it trailered on the back of this right now. That red gives it a little bit of pop on the back side. But it's a very bright red on the rear, on the underbelly, and then very just black with uh, some red flake 
on the top. Um, four inch bait, so you can run this wheat or Texas rig, you know, pegged or weedless if you want to. Tokyo, a little rig. bit of scent. Tokyo rig would be money because um, it has these appendages, quite a few. The antennae on the front, plus the large long appendages. I mean, they they like to move a lot. They'll go. Everywhere. Yeah, that's so. Those uh, long appendages, those are unique. I've never seen some like that. Yeah, it's almost like a crawl um, creature bait mix. It's not really like a pure crawl. Yeah. Um, but it, I mean, it definitely do some work, especially right now in this season, wherever you're at in the country, you either have fish that are pre-spawn spawning or just going post-spawn one to eat everything in the world. But I mean, throwing this up shallow and walking it back to you off drop-offs, I think it'd get hammered. Yeah. I don't know if you remember the four inch javelins that we got in a box a few months back. Yeah. They look similar to these except with different look <laughs> appendages. Yeah, a little bit. The appendages were long, a little bit different shape, obviously, than yeah. you know what we what we're rocking with right here. But yeah, it looks similar. And I feel like the industry is kind of going to that. Now, some of the companies like Mega Bass came out with the sleeper crawl, and um, some companies are still doing like hyper realistic crawls. But a lot of companies I see that are coming out with new plastics, new soft plastics, are going to more like the creature route to yeah. where which I, i'm not upset at because you can throw like if, if fish are never had never had the forage for crawl they're not really like i found i mean they'll eat it but just they're probably just eating it because like oh that's new let's eat it but they're not yeah. like actively foraging for it because it's not a forage species but if you throw a, a creature or something like this in i mean that could look like a plethora of things that are in their forage you could swim it and make it look like a bait fish you could run on the bottom maybe it looks like a, a big old fat helgramite or a big water bug or something you know what i mean mm -hmm. so it, it really kind of opens up the ways to use it in uh, that creature form yeah when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That makes sense. I don't know. I've never really thrown them by themselves, but you know, I'm sure I will eventually. Like Texas rigged or something. I need to do mm -hmm. that. I know guys that catch them like that, but it is what it is. Um, let's see it here. Is what it what is. We did the. Oh, we didn't do the spinner bait. Nope. Which I was hoping you'd go to because I already have it out. I'm a big spinnerbait guy. I'm pretty sure everybody knows that. Um, it was my most used lure last year. And oh, I can see it. This thing's, this thing's pretty cool. Uh, so it has uh, Indiana or two Indiana? No, not Indiana blades. Colorado. Uh, two Colorado blades. One big one, one small one. The big one's gold. The small one's silver. So I like the mm -hmm. two different color blades i'm never like unless i'm fishing muddy water i'm using painted blades but if i'm fishing clear water i want one color of each blade i don't like both silver or both gold they have to be one mix match yeah but this one's cool though it has uh, a cool looking eye on it the head is painted cool and 
uh, the wire tie, the copper line wire tie that we always talk about when we're talking about spinner baits comes with that. I really like that a lot. Let me see your wire tie. Oh, uh, if I can get it in here, just the copper. Yeah. Copper line. Yeah. So mine's a little bit different than yours. Um, so a different color. This is actually one of my favorite colors where it's like that chartreuse shad. Oh, um, and then I've got a Colorado and a willow, which is my preferred setup. Different blade colors, uh, just like his was, where the the larger willow blades in silver, and then the Colorados in gold. Um, and I mean, this is I'm, I love I love when they when spinner baits because it's not always spinner baits. A lot of companies like to make the actual lure side of it, the hook side of it, the same length as the blade side, which. I mean, I can understand why, but I love when the the hook side is a little bit shorter than the blade uh, wire for the simple fact that while this is going, this really pushes this farther out. So it makes this the most likely target to hit. Yeah, actual, that makes sense. like hook, um, which I found jig masters are like that, too, which that first fish I the, that 18 inch I got, he was just uh munchy mcmunchy because he fit the whole spinnerbait in his mouth oh yeah and fit down um but then after that i was noticing because the blades on the jig masters are a little bit higher i was noticing i watched two fish actually eat it because we had about a foot visibility that day which was surprising with how fast and much water we had and i was watching them come up from underneath and smacking it instead of like coming from the top the second one i watched come here and then for everyone not watching it's above the bait and i watched him swoop down and up to huh. hit that lower bait um it was pretty cool i mean that that day we didn't catch a ton of fish but man all the ones i watched eat were awesome because i really got to see them it this thing swimming and going crazy up top and it would come it came up top and went underneath and then came back up and hit the lower bait because it was a little bit farther up in the bait ball of what spinner baits are designed to do yeah so i i love that i love when spinner baits do that um i'm a fan dude that spinner bait reminds me of the uh blue rock custom tackle that i had that i like it's the white on top the chartreuse on the bottom i love that colorway yeah i just love i love white and chartreuse period it doesn't have to be like for me it doesn't have to be in this colorway i, I mean i like this i love the chartreuse at the very bottom of the skirt and it kind of morphs up into white and the shad um yep. but like the jig masters was half chartreuse skirt half white skirt and that thing just murdered it was awesome yeah that's sweet well, you got another one now, so that's cool. And I got a color that, you know, like, I don't, I've never really thrown, so maybe I need to experiment a little bit. This one's, like, silver, white, and purple. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Which, it's going to work in the river. I, I've I've messed with, like, purples and stuff like that, and it's worked. But Oh, I'm sure it'll get bit. I wouldn't be too worried about it. Yeah. Uh, so next we have, I was going to leave this for you, Brad, but I really want to talk about it. Cause I think this bait is sick. Um, it's from cornerstone baits. It is the DP 1.5 square bill. And this thing looks awesome. What is that? Just like a, uh, KVD type. It, blank? it, it looks, it looks like it. Yeah. But what's so cool about it is I just hook myself again uh mine i don't know if you got the same one i did but mine is basically it's a translucent body that has a very light 
paint on it with a brown top or going across the top that kind of morphs with little yellow or chartreuse outlines with a yellow dot. And then the gill plates are actually raised. Make, they're raised and painted like a golden brown. Okay. So, th- I mean, this bait just looks good. Um, on the bill, it has the one to five feet put I on there. That. So I do too. I wish every bait, including all my mega bass stuff, would put that on the bill just so I wouldn't have to sit there and look at it. Because I, dude, I have I have so many that like I have the the like the S crank. There's three different versions and two of the different versions go different depths. And I have to look at it and I was like, man, these bills look identical. And then I throw it in four foot of water and it dives to six and I get stuck on a rock. It just takes me <laughs> off. Um, yeah. So, but putting one to five foot, it's as simple as looking at the bill. Cool. One to five foot. I'm in four foot of water. That's what I want to throw. Bam, done. And, you know, or one to five foot, I'm in two foot or three foot of water. I know there's fish here, so I want to rack this thing off every rock I can find. Like it, 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 it's nice. Um, He's got his uh, bait company on the top, Cornerstone Baits. I like little touches like that because it kind of shows you what the bait is. Um, And these hooks are sticky as crap. Which They are, man. I want to know what kind of hooks these are. Uh, they look, it's kind of hard to just tell a hook, but from the yeah. bit or the way it's soldered together, it looks like a VMC. I could be wrong, but actually it might be a Gamagatsu because the, uh, the barbs jet off a little bit more than normal. They're almost a little bit, they're almost 90 degrees. Gamagatsus tend to have those, but yeah. they are very sticky hooks. Like these are good hooks. Oh yeah. Um, I got a different color than you. Like mine is white. Co- and then down the middle, it has that white line, or not yellow, not white, yellow line. And then on the top, it's green. Oh, that's awesome. See, these are like two real natural colors, man. These yeah. these are these are a tear up. I'm tying that on tonight, and I'm going to be throwing it around. Yeah, I like this crankbait. This is a cool-looking crankbait. It's going in the river box. There you go. Oops, let me put that away. <laughs> I don't want to get stuck. And that... That's always a, like a, a for everyone out there. When we say something's going in the river box, it means we like it. Because when we go on yeah. the river, we usually only take two boxes. Even me, the guy who brings the kitchen sink, I usually only bring a little tiny river box that has a bunch of baits in it. And last year, I brought my jig box a lot because I had all my finesse jigs in it, and I lost. I would lose a jig occasionally. Yeah. But other than that, that's, I mean, that's really, we're not bringing a ton of stuff. So if it's going in the river box, it's definitely going to get used and we have confidence in it before we even fish it. So. I've been finding like lately that I, I bring my two 36 or Plano edge boxes and there's times where I'm like, ah, I forgot to bring my spinner baits or dang it. I forgot to bring my leeches or something like that. And yeah. I need to, I need a binder. Like I saw somebody posting the kayak bass fishing group a while back. They put their spinner baits in a soft plastic binder. I'm like, I need that because those need to stay on my kayak at all times. There's just no good way to store them. So I need to get one of these soft plastic binders. I have one around here some somewhere. <clears throat> I just got to find it. Uh, my lovely wife did me a solid and cleaned up like my area because I was just letting it get to crap. Uh, <laughs> But I don't know where stuff is. Oh no, there it is. Oh man, this is made for spinner baits. Well, that thing's a little bit bigger than I was thinking. Well, this one's made for spinner baits, so it's going to be a little bit larger. I have one that I have my spinner baits in. It's actually the soft plastic one, which is smaller than this. Yeah, but that's even what I want. E- even when it's full, it's only 
like that wide. So you can yeah. still throw this under your seat and not worry about it because it's it's definitely not as wide as the seat. So just throw it under there and call it a day. Yeah. I was just thinking something a little bit more compact so I can throw it behind the seat or in the yeah, oh, yeah. gadget bag, but whatever. Uh, we got one more bait in the box, and it's called the Punch Shad by Jawtech. And this thing, it look, it look, it's unique. It's a unique spinner bait paddle tail, um, three point eight inches. I got a cool color, so this is a white base, and it has like purple, purplish hue with purple specks in it. That's so pretty what dope. You, what color? Did you I got get? pearl, which oh, okay. is always a good color. Yeah, I was gonna say this purple speck. Uh, paddle tail would look really good on this Bra- Brazalo spinnerbait that we got in this box. Put those two yeah. together, it's good, that'd be a good combo. It's unique though. This, like the ribs on this thing, they're not big, they're not like a Kitek or anything. Uh, they're more subtle, I guess. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. They're a lot more subtle. The head shape at the front is almost like a pencil, it comes really kind of sharp. And the body, instead of being cylindrical, is more flat all the way back. Like, it's a flat body back to that tail, and then the tail really rounds out to a, I would say, a medium to small paddle tail. Um, Not huge. So, it's probably going to give you a lot more subtle uh, action. And for someone like me, like, I typically on my spinnerbaits, I do not throw a trailer on them. I just never have. Mostly because I like the the compact form of it. But from looking at this with the like the ribs aren't giant. I know it's not going to really kick out real big. I could definitely see, you know, cutting this down a little bit just to give it a little bit of something. Um, as I use my garden shears to cut down, I found these cut through plastic. Awesome. So <laughs> everyone out there who cuts through plastic, go get some Husky garden shears. They work great. Um, Interesting. I usually just bite them off and then I regret it yeah. because then sometimes I get the power worm. And I'm like, Ugh. Uh, you power get the bait. power worm, or you do what I do in all my Japanese stuff. I get squid, and oh. I want to th- throw up every time. And I say, "I'm never gonna do that again." And then I do That's it again ten minutes later, dude. It's not. It's not good. It's disgusting. You remember that story that I, when me, you, and Will went to Kaiser, and you're like, "Yep, there's me biting off the head of a uh, soft plastic." Oh. Yep. You made a weird face or something after you spit it out. Oh yeah, because you had a uh, you took a picture, and I was just doing like this. I, I took a bite and I was like, as this is flying out of my mouth, I'm just like, I mean, it's nasty. <laughs> so this is that that uh, bait on the back, which now that I I realized I've put upside down, but whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, I mean, it's I cut a little bit of a section off the top of it, not a ho- whole lot, and it it looks good. I mean, it's still compact. I don't really think it's not going to really throw the action off. It's just going to give it a little extra something. And, you know, it might be a little extra something enough to make the fish want to bite. The big thing with me, man, why I hate using um, trailers is I find that I get a lot of fish like to uh, short strike them. Yeah. And that's just, you know, no bueno for me. I don't really want that. So that's why I just don't, I just don't use trailers. I just, it is what it is. I just don't like I just, I've never used trailers on a spinnerbait either, but, you know, I mean, I've, I've always grown up just throwing a spinnerbait just by itself. And spinnerbait was like a big thing for me growing up too, so I threw it all the time. Well, spinnerbait was a big thing for all of us that fished with our parents, especially our dads, because they said, hey, just keep throwing it. 
and then we'd you, stop talking and just threw it. You can't get snagged with it as, as easy too. You just cast the reel. It's another reason why they put it on because guess yeah. what they didn't have to do deal with snags. But I mean, when it's on there, like this is how it, it would be. I, I don't dislike it and I would probably throw it because this tail is just small enough to where I think it would give a little action. I would say if I did this, I've got spinnerbait trailer hooks. I'd be putting one on. Yeah. Because they're going to short strike the crap out that tail, no matter how short you make it. And I hate short strikes. Short strikes make me want to murder the fish. <laughs> and uh they just take me off so that's why i typically don't do it but it looks good i would i mean i wouldn't be opposed to doing it as long as i had a trailer on trailer there's on. a lot of people that do it i know people people look at me like i'm crazy when i say it. they're just like you don't use trailers on your spinner baits like nope never have nope now and then there's also i know people who don't use trailers on their jackhammers and i think they're psycho yeah that seems kind of like, weird to me i don't know why <laughs> like like it's I won't I won't use a trailer on a spinnerbait, but if you don't put a trailer on your jackhammer, you should give up fishing. Because that's isn't stupid. there a pro that does that? Isn't it Jared Swindle throws one without a trailer? If Jared Swindle throws one without a trailer, I'm no longer gonna throw it with a trailer. He is <laughs> he is he is the messiah of fishing. There's somebody out there they throw without a they throw the chatterbait without a trailer. I was just like, that's weird. It wouldn't surprise me if Swindle does it because Swindle's weird. He's a, I mean, he's awesome. And I, the reason I, the way I jig fish and have so much confidence in jig fishing is because Swindle, I watched a Bass Matt or a, a, a Bass University like series with Swindle just talking about jigs. Yep. And it's just why yep. I throw brown jigs and black jigs. Yeah. That's why I throw because he said, if you're not, if you're not catching fish on the brown jig, you throw the black jig. And if you're not catching fish on the black jig, then you go back and you throw the brown jig again. And, <laughs> I mean, it works. I'm just saying. So, yeah. Hey, he's a pro for a reason. Uh, I was going to go True. back over these things real quick. So, they, they got business. They're starting to put business cards in their boxes, too, now, which is cool. Pride Fishing Rods, made in America. The Finest by Billy Kistler. So, I don't know if that's related to Kistler Rods or. Uh, I would assume so. I've, I've looked into uh, Pride a little bit. I've never heard of them. Not. Not a ton. Like I heard of them in at the show we were at. Somebody was talking about them, and I heard it kind of in passing. And I looked at it when we were at the show. While I was waiting for my root beer, and um, oh yeah, it looks like they have good rods. Now here's my thing with rods for everyone out there. I will never talk negatively or positively about a rod until I've used it. Yeah, and actually used it, not like gone to a store and like, oh, this rod is awesome. It's the best rod ever. That's dumb. Because it could feel really good in your hand and suck. Um, yeah. And that's just how it is. So I, I, I'm i sure the rods are good. Like, I've never used Kistler rods. I know a lot of guys love those. I've never used... Uh, I used my first Icon rod six months ago. Didn't hate it. Um, it's hard for me for rods to ever say anything about it until I've used it. Yeah. Uh, and that's just how it is. So I'm sure they're great rods. Um, I know a couple guys who on like Instagram and YouTube and stuff talked about them, liked them. So not a bad option, but again, never used it. Therefore, I don't care. Um, <laughs> now, Evolve Fishing, I have heard of them. I have never looked at their stuff. I've never heard of them. Um, their business card is awesome. I was going to say uh, that's a well-designed business card. It is. Oh, like, what was that? What was that? American Psycho. 
when they were like talking about business cards and be like, ha, I got it on three quarter inch stock. Like, and they're like all, they're like Brock brokers or lawyers all talking about their business cards. Yeah. This is a well-designed business card, uh, which makes me, I'm one of those people. Uh, Cause I'm an Apple fan girl. We've talked I'm one about of those this. people. Yeah, I know. I packaging packaging yep. goes a long way for me. Yeah. Uh, and that just, that just is what it is. Like for instance, I forgot I even bought these because <laughs> Stacy, because Stacy, I went out the other day and Stacy moved them down here and I forgot I had them. But uh, because of our our mutual friend, the Creek Crawler was rocking the trace over at Dale Hollow. Oh, yeah. I was at Dick's and I saw them and the packaging of this is really good. Like, yeah. this is the box that swim bait comes in. You can kind of see the swim bait. It gives you the information, and the packaging isn't in your face, but it's nice. So I bought them because I was like, that packaging is great. And I know the bait's good. But, I mean, it's the same thing with what? I've never used any six cents baits. I've used their crank baits. I didn't dislike them. I didn't love them. Uh, it would just remind me of, like, a prettier Guggen, um, pretty much. I mean, they make a lot of really cool colors. They, don't they, they make got like good kind of a bad connotation like Guggen does a little bit? Yeah, because they're the same bait. Yeah. It's the exact like like Six Cents sued them over that. Oh. Um, but it's like it looks identical, and they 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 swim weird, and but I mean they're not bad. I've caught fish on them. The hooks that come with them are decent. Um, so you know I'm a fan of some of the stuff they make. And I have the, the big dog, the draw, which is a nine inch swim bait, but you know, this comes in a package like this and it looks good. Yeah. It just, it just looks good. So that go, that goes a long way. I mean, at the end of the day, us fishermen are all, you know, we're, we're all, we buy stuff. And if it looks good, you're going to want to buy it. But so there you go. I got two of those and, uh, that's cool. I, I might have to check one of those out. So. There you go. <laughs> yeah, and it's in black and blue, so money all day long. All right. Well, that was it for the Dark Horse Tackle unboxing for the month of May. If you want, to all right, everybody. Thanks for coming to the show. We're gonna. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to subscribe to the Dark Horse Tackle monthly subscription, use code Paddle Twenty, I believe. And I'll yep. save twenty percent off your first monthly subscription. Only works with the weekend warrior box that we just uh, went over. Broke so, down. Yeah, I know a few guys. It's only out your there, first month subscription. Yeah, I know a few guys out there. They did the three months prepaid, and they're like, "Oh, the code doesn't work." So it don't work for the prepaid three months. You got to get the weekend warrior box. So there you go. Follow the rules. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, but yeah, there there you go. It's again. I, I'm. I'm not tired of saying it, but I'm tired of saying it. So I'm probably not going to say it for a while, but guys, it is definitely worth getting, especially for $29 a month. You're getting $40 of baits routinely and they're baits that you a would have never heard of or B would never have tried. So like that cornerstone crankbait, sick. People don't know who that is though, but now, now you do because you got it in the box. Yeah. It's uh, it's kind of funny. Cause you remember how I would always say like, Oh, my, uh, my tackle, like, like I need I to up my tackle game. I don't have a lot of tackle. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. I've always only had like three or four tackle boxes of stuff because I always just bought stuff that I was, you know, 
could get out the store. Yeah. And then when I'd lose that thing, I would hit the store right after I got done fishing. I would buy that thing that I lost. Yep. And I never really bought like extra stuff to keep me stocked up. This stuff has been keeping me stocked up. I have a pegboard that's getting full now of just custom baits and stuff. I love it. Yeah. What's, what's cool. Like, uh, I, I, back in the day, not even back in the day, like five years ago, people would ask like, is the, uh, mystery tackle box and lucky tackle boxes worth it? And then, I mean, nothing like this was around. I was like, I mean, do you have a lot of tackle? Like, are you just starting? Yeah. Just starting. Well then, yeah, I think, I mean, it's worth it. You're not getting a lot of baits and you're getting a lot of like poo poo stuff, but it can build your tackle up. So you're not like having to, throw the same thing or you can like try different things to get confidence this box not only builds your tackle up but it also gives you high quality products that you can use like one box a month you could take this box and go fish out this box the rest of the month yeah like it, it covers the year too. i mean in all honesty if you don't lose anything yeah. i mean it covers your soft plaques you can texas rig it uh Pat, you can do a uh, Texas rig swim bait or throw it on the back of a spinner bait. You have a spinner bait. You've got a crank bait. You've got a jig. You've got a trailer for the jig. I mean, it, it covers like six techniques just like that, and you're done. And it's out of one box. It's 30 bucks. And you get that every month. And every month, it's just like that. It's awesome. It's, it's nice because I haven't, I haven't had to go to the store and like restock on stuff. Because like I said, I, I would go and I'd get the Berkeley Chigger Crawl, for example or something like mm-hmm. that. I haven't bought any of those in forever. That used to be my go-to uh, trailer for jigs, but now I got like the Javelins and I got this other tr- jig trailer that we have in here now. And I got a yeah. variety of colors for them. I'm like, I'm set, dude. This is awesome. Yeah, but I'll say there's nothing else you got to do. So yeah, it's definitely worth it, guys. Go out and check them out. So with that being said, let us jump in to the meat and potatoes up the show i was gonna say that <laughs> i was thinking of food too <laughs> i'm starving so <laughs> I, I i'll be honest i came home from work today and i was like you know what would be great right now most people are coming home from work like yeah food i was like mlb the show so i just played baseball on my tv for like two hours there so, you go i know it was great but uh i went to the gym ex- well that's <laughs> nice i I probably will. I will. I mean, I will be, but it'll be at like nine thirty or nine forty-five. So, um, yeah, let's jump into it. We're going to be talking about our use, open, and review of the Newport NK one eighty. Heck yeah! Pestles. So I've had both Newport and Torquedo, so I can kind of, like, you know, give a comparison there. What was that? Oh, dude. He busted out the Pringles. <laughs> Sidebar. Pringles cans. We should start a petition. Their cans suck. They need to make it a long trough where it opens from the top. Like Not Oreos? where you reach down in. Yes, dude. Or something like that. I mean, that would be cool. We need to get them to sponsor our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, funny fact. I can't remember what show it was, but it was in December. I'm sure everyone at home who's listening to this is like, I'm really glad he's talking with his mouthful. Guess what? I don't care. So <laughs> I brought these down for a show because I hadn't eaten. I remember what it was. It was the battery show with Zpro. Oh, yeah. 
but I got so into the conversation, I was like, I don't want to eat. And I couldn't find them. Like, they immediately disappeared on the tackle table. And <laughs> Stacy was down here last week. She was cleaning, or two weeks and a half ago, something like that. And she comes up, and she's like, hey, I cleaned down there. Do you want to go look? I was like, yeah. I mean, I really appreciate it and ask you to do that. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much. And she was just held, holds us up. It's like, when did you bring these down here? I was like, oh, my God. That was like two months ago. <laughs> and she's like, why do you have them down here? I was like, just in case I need a snack during the podcast. Well, December like, December was five months ago, dude. They still taste good, so I don't care. <laughs> and uh, in all honesty, I probably wouldn't care anyway. There's so much preservatives in this. I can eat this in 2028, and it still tastes fine. Oh, yeah. Um, But she's like, what if people like get upset that you're eating? You know, while you're talking, I was like, babe, they can not listen. I don't care. They, you know what they could do? They could hit. There's a little button on everyone's screen in their cars. If it's like relatively new and it says 30 and you can push the button (laughs) and I'm probably not eating that time. I'm start talking again. So it's a win-win. So, you know, it is what it is. So uh, now that we're off that back to the meat and potatoes and the barbecue Pringles sponsored. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> the, the Newport NK 180. So, and Brad, like you were saying, you've had both. You can really talk to both. I've never had a Torquedo, but I've had an XI3. Um, yeah, so let's yeah. talk. Let, let's start off with the uh, installation. Because I met I met up with you and Cam at your house, and I helped you guys set up your motor. So let's talk a little bit about the installation, how, what you thought about that process. So on any boat, and this is not a dig at all at the Bonafide RVR, but on any boat but the RVR, I think I could have done that installation blindfolded with one hand tied behind my back in about 20 to 30 minutes tops. Yeah. Really simple, really straightforward. The only reason with the RVR why I'm saying that is because where we decided, which we didn't have to do this, it just made sense, right? There's two pillars on the back of the RVR, and that's where we decided to run the tubes for the foot pegs. And... I don't have huge hands, but I have big enough hands to where they get in the way of everything. And I couldn't get my fingers up in there to like push it out. I finally got it. And, uh, that took, I think what, it took me like 10 minutes to get the first one. Once I got the first one, the second one was like a minute. Yeah. Um, but other than that, dude, the installation was easy. It was was super super simple, super easy, straightforward. And we were, I mean, there's a video up on the, I believe the Loveland page of us doing the install and stuff. Um, and it was simple. Like it was, it was super easy. So you can go back and look at that. I think if we would have actually just done it and not like screwed around, we would have had it done in 15, 20 minutes between the, the two of us. Yeah. I, like you said, the hardest part was running those, uh, steering lines through, uh, yeah. tubes, not lines, but, the uh, tubes. yeah. Other than that, like with the bonafide, you got like the already, you got the bolts in the back already, right? yeah so with with mine with the rvr it didn't have so if i wouldn't have already put the motor mount on it it would have taken a little bit longer uh by like a total of like i don't know six seconds but it did come with the bolts already quarter inch by 20 which just about everyone uses quarter by 20s yeah um but with the rvr how they have the rear end set up because it's set up for a drag chain you have to get the bona fide uh rvr motor mount Oh, that goes back there. That sucks. Which is that black thing that's on there. And it's, it's, it's hard to just like 
say it just sucks because I I know why they did it that way. Because a not everyone's putting a motor on their riverboat. A lot more people I think are going to end up using the drag chain instead of a motor back there. So they have it set up for the primary use of a drag chain. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Uh, but you put the motor mount back there, and then it has your standard power pole design, four holes that everything mounts to. Yep. And uh, yeah, worked out great. Yeah, that was easy. Uh, we did Cam's boat. I think we did Cam's boat in like 30 or 40 minutes. That's I don't think it was that. I don't remember exactly, but it was super quick. The SS-127 is the easiest kayak I've ever like installed a motor on, period. Any kind of motor. For, for everything, bow mount, uh, stern mount. Yep. You want to add a motor to the side. You may add. You can add a motor. And I mean, the, people are making motors for the pods. Don't do that. Void your warranty. You're gonna sink. But people are doing it. So, like, and that boat is so modular. It's like a Glock. It's awesome. Yeah, that is a great boat. But really uh, nice. I installed mine on my Sholey. So I had a couple issues with mine. I, it took me a couple days. Like you know, try to get all the kinks and stuff worked out. And then I kept getting new ideas like, Oh, I'm going to change it. Um, so the way the bolt pattern is on the back, you can actually drill yourself on the shoulder. Yeah. And there's like a kind of like a rounded 90 degree back there where the very back two back bolts, it is a pain in the butt to try to like tighten the bolts down in there. I couldn't even use like the big washers that came with them that go on the bottom. I had to use just locking washer and the nut but man, it was a pain in the butt trying to get those to tighten down. It took me half an hour to get those two done. And was it because this like the bolt was running up against that 90 degree plastic, like just chewing into it? Yeah. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't chewing into it, but it was like it was just tight. It was like a tight fit, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like trying so to get like your just... hand up in there to like I don't know. I got gotcha. you. No, I'm, I'm I'm tracking now. Yeah, I mean that's that's kind of the same as the RVR because if if they wouldn't have put made like that motor mount plate for it and decided to do kind of like what the Sholey does, there's not a whole lot of room back there to really just run two screws or two yeah. bolts. Um, so I mean I'm happy they did it the way they did it, but I mean you end up getting all the kinks worked out because your Sholey's like nice to set up. It is, and the the other so. I originally was going to put the battery in the back until I thought more and more about it. I was like, I don't think that's a good idea. Um, just because you want your hull to be more in plane on the water, you're going to get more speed that way. But mm-hmm. I ran my lines through the uh, eight inch hatch on the back of the Sholey and then ran the all the way up to the front to a bat to my battery in the front hatch. I also cut out the front hatch for anybody wondering out there. I don't have the rod locker. I still have the piece that came out of her, but I, I cut the rod locker out. But anyway, on the back hatch, I was going to put just like a grommet or something like that. And then mm-hmm. I, I got to thinking more and more about it. And Cam brought his Marinco plugs. I was like, that's a good idea. I need to do that. So I ended up drilling that hole a little bigger. You gave me a Marinco plug. I put that on. So within seconds, I can take the whole motor off. And like, if I want to paddle a stretch instead of having the motor on, just take the motor off, unplug it. and I'm good to go. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's, I mean, that's ultimately what I'm going to end up doing for the RVR. And it's, it's putting the motor in the back or in the battery in the back. Cause I have a 50 amp hour, 24 volt, cause the, it is a 24 volt system for everyone out there. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was fine. It did fine. I was still getting like my, my bow was really sticking out of the water, but I was still getting four and a half to 4.9 miles an hour. Um, but I do want to spread that weight out a little bit more and put that, the battery in the front. And I was actually thinking instead of putting it in the front, putting it right underneath my seat. Cause it you would fit. Probably, yeah. You could the, probably joy of, the joy of lithiums is you can pretty much get them almost submerged. And they're fine. Um, yeah. You don't got any but, way to protect it on the front. There's no hatch. No, there's no hatch or anything, but typically I don't take water over the front anyway. Yeah. Um, and I have the RVR has an accessory plate in the front and the rear. So I mean, I already have a, a Marinco plug. I just need to get another one. I'm probably going to end up doing put it in the front just to even weight out. Um, and then do the kind of the same thing. Cause it's, again, you want to have your, you know, your bow a little bit lower, more into the water so you can get on plane, you get better speed. So, I mean, I think I can pick up another half mile an hour to be honest. Um, than what I had to get up to get up to around five, five, five and a quarter. Um, I know when I'm but, uh, yeah. when I'm at 80%, I get around five miles an hour. So, which uh, I think Jimmy told us that he said, run your throttle at five miles or at 80%, because if you run it a hundred percent, you're killing your battery faster and you're not getting it much more speed than usual. Or, and I did this, I did a real world after Jimmy told us that cause we were out on Dale hall the first day. Uh, he had had new ports. He's running a torpedo uh, 1103 now, but it's cause he's got a, uh, ginormous Hobie, and he got it for free because he's a scumbag. That but, thing um, freaking puts off weight. Good grief! Uh, it, it's ridiculous. It <laughs> is. It's stupid. Uh, I mean, he almost flipped me. It was annoying. But anyway, uh, I did a real world test. I ran it at a hundred for five minutes, and I watched my speed. And it was my topped out was four point eight top out, and that's with the battery in the back and the bow sticking up out of the water and looking weird. And then. I put it down to 80 and I ran instead of a port 4.7 miles an hour, I ran 4.68 miles an hour and my voltage. So on the actual, uh, motor controller, it's got your amp hours at the top. So amperage, yeah. your percentage and then voltage. My voltage went from watts. like five Watts, Watts, wattage, not voltage. Sorry. My Watts were at a hundred percent. It was like a 525 to 550. It fluctuated back and forth. At 80%, it was at 480 to like 495. Yeah. So the less watts means you're going to get longer times, which me and Brad never even remotely got close to running out of power. Nope. And we covered tons of water. Uh, and we were stupid half the time just going to 80 mile or 80% in circles, making dumb videos and crap. Um, <laughs> I, I think Jimmy said if you run it at 80%, you're going to get like 18 miles on a full charge of 50 amp hour battery. Yeah, and that's all, obviously, for everyone out there, that's dependent on the weight of your boat. That's dependent on the weight of the gear you're bringing. If, you, if, if you're if you 500 pounds, like if you got a Hobie, for example, and you got the battery and everything, and you're weight limit on a pro angler, I want a 14-foot, I want to say it's 450 or 500, isn't it? Probably somewhere around there. Let's just say it's 500, and you're at 499 pounds. <laughs> you ain't getting 18, 18 miles. It just is what it is, because your motor has to work harder to push you. Um. But with what me and Brad bring, even at Dale Hollow, we had way more stuff than we normally bring. Yeah. And 
I think the longest day we did was that first day, I want to say. And we ran six, we ran six miles down and six miles back. And that was was the river day. No, that wasn't river day. River day was four miles down from Eastport. So eight, eight miles that one day, the first day at Mitchell was six miles down to the, all the way back into that area that uh, Jimmy said would be on fire and nothing happened. And then all the way back up the, all the way up. I want to say that was five or six miles one way. So we ran 12 miles and my volts were at, like 26.1 or 25.9 like it was up there like i could have done another four or five miles and oh i wasn't worried like at all yeah so. i think i think he said once you get towards around like 20 and a half volts that's when it starts to you know you're in trouble you're yeah i mean i never die. got i never got below 25.7 me, me either so i kind of in all honesty i want to just go out and just run it and like time you could do that what I will say this, like the the Newport doesn't have the feature that the Torquedo does. Torquedo has the percentage battery that you use, and it counts down, you know. That's the pro of using the Torquedo system. You use their battery, but also it's a con because you got to use their battery, and it's expensive. It's expensive. Yeah. But the pro with the Newport is you can use whatever battery, battery you want, but at the same time, it can be a con because those batteries are heavier than a Torquedo battery. And But it's also, while it's heavier, and everyone out there can say or can understand this, while it's heavier if you have a Torquedo, I will get much better, like I'll get a lot more range than you will. And a 58, like Jimmy even said himself, because like he's like the 1103, he was like, for people who... Typically, you get an 1103. Guys who go out and fish all day will bring two batteries with them. Oh, on on like a 1103, yeah, yeah. I, I was yeah, comparing I mean, it to 403. So, well, that's more I had comparable. Four, so, yeah, like the 403. I mean, yeah, definitely it's it's lighter. But then yeah, you have the cost. Like you mentioned it, the cost effect and effectiveness is in there. It is a, a con at the beginning, but they make, and I was talking to Jimmy, but they make, and I'm about to do it myself. They make little Bluetooth adapters that you just basically do a, a step in between the the terminals and it Bluetooths your phone and tells you the percentage of the battery. Like you put it on your terminal and then you put the hot, the power onto the, the like step between oh. and it will tell you what percentage your battery's at. Okay. So, and a lot of guys do it. They just pull it up on their phone and it's, 12 bucks like it's super easy and super cheap so yeah you'll have to let me know or send me that link to that because i'm gonna try it too yeah but i'm almost to the point like i'm not even really thinking about doing it because we went on one of our long floats two weeks ago yeah and while the river was moving okay but 99 percent of that we were facing up river putting our motors at 80 percent, fighting the current fishing spots and i didn't need i didn't get below 26 volts yeah, I didn't either. I got home and I charged my battery and it was done within a couple hours. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even charge it yet because I'm not worried about it. Yeah. And also, I can't find the other piece. So there's that. But, uh, like I was saying, though, the battery for the Newport, it's a pro. You can use your own battery. The con would be the weight of it. Wait. Yeah. As a Torquedo, like the whole system's like 16 pounds. 14. You don't have to get a big 30 30 pound battery. Um, but the con would be the price. So it's up to you, whatever you want to do. 
which is weird. Like, sidebar, what amp hour are those are the Torquedo batteries? I think they're like 900 watt batteries, which I don't know how many amp hours that comes out to be, but I do know that the range on those things are ridiculous. Like, you can get 30 miles, like, being conservative with the throttle on one charge. Yeah, I mean, that's just... How can they... So, 900 watt hours... Well, that's on a 36 volt. This says 25 amp hours. There's no way. There's no way. What's that? Okay, here we go. That's 75 amp hours. The Torquedo battery? Yeah, if it's 900 watt hours, it's 75 yeah. amp hours. Yeah, it's a 900 watt hours. battery. So that's crazy. Um, 915 watts. It's a 12 volt, correct? Yeah. Uh, so I don't, that sorry, I don't know about that. Okay. It, I would assume it would be a 12 volt um, because of the weight. But that's crazy they make that in such a small package. I know. Um, I don't get it. That that doesn't make any sense to me because if that – I don't know. That's crazy. That is crazy. German engineering, dude. I know. They're the crazy. Germans, they're good for something now. Um, but, yeah. So, yeah, your pros and cons there are great. What I will say, here's my pros and cons really of using it. One, I'm not a huge fan of – there are screws in the bottom of the controller. Oh, Yeah. That if you screw them too tight to be super secure, you can't get the full percentage. It will like there's a magnet that interferes with the screw or the screw interferes with the magnet and it won't let you push the throttle all the way down. So like well, the first thing out there. It well, yeah, it lets you push it, but it won't give you any more. It'll like, only speed. let you get up to fifty percent throttle power. Yeah. So like Cam, the first day we we're out there, he screwed his screw super tight. <laughs> <laughs> and he was going forty six percent. That's all he could go. And he was like not understanding why. I kept pushing mine down and I could only get to 81%. And I was like, man, this is weird. I should have just left them where they're at because that's perfect. Um, but I was like, man. And then Jimmy told us like, oh, yeah, it's the screws. You just got to back them off a little bit and then you can go. And I did that in 100%. And Cam could finally keep up with us until his battery died. Um, that was so funny, though. I believe we talked about that on the recap show. So if you guys did. missed it, Cam was like a mile behind us. We all get to this fishing spot. We'd fish it. He would finally catch up to us and be like all right we're going the other way he's like yeah. dude come on <laughs> oh i feel bad for him um but so i mean that that's a little finicky and that kind of annoys me um yeah, gunk likes annoying. to get into the throttle and makes it real grindy and like loud even i mean i, I cleaned it after and it still was kind of it's just in there so that i mean that's kind of a maintenance thing but at the same time i don't feel like gunk and stuff could get in it that easy yeah um so mine did that i took it apart there's ball bearings that get caught have you have you opened yours up at all not yet no okay so there's four screws on the bottom you just take those screws out and then the metal handle part comes off and there's oh. a ball bearing that gets stuck in each throttle position and then you can go in between the the holes what I did, because mine was doing the same thing after we got rained on at Dale Hollow, I took some of the uh, Bantam oil from Shimano. I dripped yeah. it on that ball bearing. Perfect. Yeah, it probably just needs lubed. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I'll, I'll definitely do that too. 
and then the last con I have are these stupid carabiners that they give oh you my for gosh. the lift line and everything else. <laughs> these are the these are like what Satan would give you in hell to tell you to carabine stuff. They are dumb and stupid and just stupid. It made me mad. It just made me mad. They're yeah. dumb. Try, so, trying to take off that lift line carabiner is pain in the butt. Dude, All the other carabiners man. are fine. Which I didn't I didn't take it off last time we went, and lo and behold, on the way home, my motor's on there, which people do it all the time. But somehow, my bungee slipped, and my motor was bounced a little bit, and my lift line sheared, just cut in half. Huh. My knob is on the side of the road somewhere. My Dude, little mine blue knob. Two. Mine is too. You lost, you lost yours too? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know where the knob is. <laughs> Which I, I it mean, sucks I because emailed, that's a that's the cool thing about Newport. Like the knobs are nice. It is, and I, I I mean I emailed Newport about it, and I was like, hey, I'll buy one. I don't care, but you don't have it on your website. So like, did they reply? Uh, they did on the eighth, so two days ago, and they said, sorry to hear you're having an issue with your lift line. Can you send a image so i did and <laughs> just, i have just take a picture of the line there is no knob <laughs> yeah 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 i mean it's it is yeah That's it is funny. what it is but i mean i i took a picture of it and hopefully they got it i probably should follow up on it again we'll do that later yeah, um i need to do that too i just like i'll buy it i mean it could be 10 bucks i'll just buy it. the knob is cool like it, it's it's clean everything that is one big pro about it it comes in a box everything is super straightforward what it is it's easy to put together and everything looks clean kind of like what we just talked about 15 minutes ago about the uh six cents baits yeah the packaging is nice uh did did you end up using the steel cables for the control because i did i had i didn't i kind of wish i did so i use spectraline and the the negative with spectraline is it likes to stretch yeah and now has it been a huge issue no but i've noticed on brad with the steel cabling and it's not just straight steel cable it's got a uh uh like coating, coating around it yeah. yeah it likes to move it, it will turn better you get more reactive turning because it's just a cable pulling it instead yeah. of having a little bit of stretch in that spectra cord um but yeah that's about it Okay. Yeah, I use the steel cable. I was just curious. Like I've heard people say they didn't like the steel cable. I've heard people they say they like the steel cable. I personally like it. I've used on the Torquedo. I've used the Spectral line. So I don't know. I can't really tell the difference between the two, honestly. But it is what it is. Yeah, I mean that's the only thing I can think of to where why my turning's a little. It's responsive, but. And it could also be, I forgot to lube up my rails, so they were clunky and weird and dumb. Yeah, I need to redo um, them online, too. Yep, you, and that's one thing for everyone out there. You need to, like, almost every trip or every other trip, spray your rails, your foot peg uh, tracks, spray them out with a dry lube just to keep them lubed up so everything's nice and smooth. Because once I did that, it was a lot better. So I think I just had grit and crap in them. Probably. Um, make it all clunky. But, yeah, I mean... I still awesome. need I still need to get some bonafide foot pegs for my Sholey. I want to upgrade that because the foot pegs on the Sholey suck. I don't like it. <laughs> but it kind of sucks because if I do that, then I have to get the steering kit to go with it too. And that's a lot of money. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. Unless I just rig something up where I just drill a hole through the freaking foot peg. I mean, you could. Um, that would. I just feel like that'd be a lot of tension on one spot. Yeah. Because you'd have to tie a knot on the other side because you couldn't like wind it up. Yeah. Um, I might have some pegs. Huh. Well, if you do, hook a brother up. I might have some pegs. Um, I'm gonna say this too. Uh, using both Newport and Torquedo, Torquedo definitely has more power than the Newport. Uh, yeah. Just based off of like me going upstream, I've done the same stretch with a Newport. I've done the same stretch with a Torquedo now. And going upstream, it's definitely easier with Torquedo. I don't know what it is. It just has more power. But I I can't hate the Newport. It's doing what it's supposed to do. It's getting me up there without killing myself. So I like Yeah, it. I mean, it's definitely – and I've seen <clears> – like, obviously, my only other experience with a motor is the XI3. And I could do anything in that thing. But yeah. it's it's – it's it's stronger than I know Newports can keep up with XI3s, but I know when I had the XI3 on with other people's motors, I could blow almost everyone away. In the RS, I was going six miles an hour. It just flew. I mean, you've I, seen that when I was at Dale Hollow, I would just fly away from everybody. Yeah. Um, I, I will had, say though, like the XI3 going upstream is kind of sketchy. Not gonna lie, you can't you can't do heading lock. If you do heading lock, you're gonna die. You have to just be on the control the whole time you're going. You can't really, that's the negative with, so with the Newport, I could get it pretty much angled with either the wind or the current and keep yeah. myself pointed where I want to. And I could fish. I mean, I'd have to make little, I'd have to make little a foot adjustments here and there just to stay, you know, with the current moving. Cause you would kind of flow back and forth. Yeah. Um, that's cool. But I could still fish. I mean, I, I caught that, that first smallmouth. I was in the current and I was pointing upstream and I was just staying there throwing a spinner bait you know, that every fish the rest of that day was doing that. And, uh, I mean, it's definitely cool. Foot steering is amazing because you can kind of really just focus on your hands, which is what you use to fish yep. and just steer with your feet and not worry about nothing. So, yeah, it is nice. It's truly hands-free because like if you had foot pedals, you're still taking your hand off the rod and reel to control the rudder. Yeah. So it's, that's definitely a pro. I like it. Um, the whole system, I mean, I, I know new or torpedoes are a little bit more powerful. They get a little bit better range. They're lighter for sure. Um, but the, the big thing for me, and I think a lot of people out there is the cost yeah. is Newport is nine ninety nine is a retail price for the NK one eighty. They have the NK 300, I Which ain't that much like, more expensive than the it's really not. It's twelve ninety nine. Yeah. Um, and then you get a battery, a lithium. You don't have to get like you know a hundred amp hour if you really didn't want to. I know I I looked in the group. There's some guys who are rocking like thirty and forty amp hours and getting twelve miles out of them. That's so not you bad. can no, not at all. And those are five hundred bucks. Um, so you're looking at all in all, if you got the NK one eighty fifteen hundred dollars, the four oh three or not the four yeah the four oh three goes for what. I think it's 22 or 2300 bucks. It's a lot, man. It's a lot. And yeah. you're getting a little bit more power. Like like we said, it gives you more power, but I don't think it's so much more with the 403. Like the 1103, tons. The 403, not a ton. It's yeah. some. 
it is a little bit lighter. The whole Torquedo setup is 16 pounds. The whole Newport, just the motor is 14 pounds, but your battery adds 15 to 20 pounds to 30 pounds, depending on what size you get. Yeah. Um, I never did weigh mine. I wonder how much that battery weighs. The 50 amp hour, 27, I think. Yeah, that makes sense. So not terrible. Um, but the cost savings alone, I honestly think sells the Newport for me anyway. I've used it on big water, used it in the river, and it has fit both those needs fine. And it, I yeah. wasn't really at any time saying, man, I wish I had more power to get up this current 10 seconds faster. It's like the people <laughs> who drive true. on the highway going 90 miles an hour, and I'm just sitting going 75. And guess what? When I get to my exit, guess who's right in front of me? The idiot going 90 miles an hour. Yeah. Like you're it's, just wasting it's, all your gas. It's, yeah. It's the same thing. Like, oh, ooh, it's so cool. You got here five minutes or five seconds before me. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, <laughs> that's dumb. Um, yeah. Makes sense. So I haven't ever found that I was like wanted more. That's yeah. just for me. Um, I really want to try the NK300. I do too, but that's 36 volt system. It is, but you can get a 36 volt lithium ion battery for around the same price as a 24 that's not bad so i mean it's it's you're paying an extra 300 bucks which i think um, i think the uh, difference between those two is probably pretty significant too like with the nk300 you're probably like a lot faster six miles an hour probably boot scooting boogie man i mean you're rolling so like i said i know jimmy man he was waking us with his 1103 i was like good grief dude that thing's crazy yeah he was he was cooking um but i mean it makes sense because the the nk300 how much what it gives out it's equivalent to oh i gotta remember it's gonna bug me i'll look it up i don't know what you're trying to say horsepower equivalency oh it's a one horsepower it's, motor. It's, no the nk300 is equivalent to three Oh yeah, I thought you meant that. Yeah, the NK, no, the 180s, it's 1.2 or something. Um but I'm I'm a fan of what we've got so uh, with the NK180, I've had nothing really to complain about. Um and I mean they're pretty awesome. So Same here. I mean, I've already busted my prop on rocks and crap like that float we did a couple weeks ago, Matt would look over. He's like, "Dude, yeah, which reminds me, I, I got an error code, which I think it's like a safety feature, like Matt mentioned when we were on the water. I got an error code. The motor wouldn't come back on. He's like, unplug your battery. Try it. So I, I unplugged it from the back, plugged it back in. It worked right away. So it has to be some kind of feature. to. Yeah, I think it was a safety feature built in because that area that Eddie we were fishing right off some uh, riffles had really big rocks. And Brad yeah. kind of was motoring, reversing into them. And he kicked it on, did not go all the way into him. And he kicked it on and all you heard is, and then you went error mode. And I was just like, we're sitting, I was like, what error mode is it? And you said what it was. And I was like, I was thinking, I was thinking, I was like, unplug it and plug it back in. Cause motor guy does that. If you hit something hard enough, the motor will turn off. Yeah. And it's to save the prop and the head. And, uh, he was like, just unplugged it, plugged it back in and it worked completely fine the rest of the day. And he's had no issues since. Yeah. So I think. I think it was a safety thing. I really do to save the prop and save the head from causing damage. Yeah. But uh, I'm just going to reiterate that point you said earlier uh, with the uh, screws on the bottom of the controller. Guys don't tighten them too tight. If you have them, if you're not getting hundred percent throttle, 
back the screws off a little bit, take the screws out, put a washer underneath. I've heard people doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't put screws on mine. I used heavy duty Velcro and I Velcroed it right to my mount so I can just go. Whoosh, whoosh. That's actually that, smart. Yeah, that's, that's an option too. So if you don't want to use the screws, I'm going to do that. I'm stealing that. That's a really good idea. What Velcro do you use? Is it 3M waterproof? I it was some kind of Home Depot. I don't know. It's like rated for up to 15 pounds. So you got to like, you know, Mm -hmm. you got to rip it off to really get it off. Yeah, I'm going to do that. It works. It works, though. Definitely going to do that. Um, But yeah, do you have anything else? I don't. I don't think so. Yeah, I think I'm good. (laughs) Well, sweet. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right. I recommend it. Oh, for sure. I definitely recommend it. Like I said, the cost savings alone, it's not going to blow out your bank account. Um, and you're going to get 90% of the features that everything else has and be happy with it. It's going to fit every walk of life. And I know you can put it just about on any kayak. I know guys on Hobie P- or PA 14s who have the NK 180 and like it bonafide RV or, uh, uh, P one twenty sevens have it and like it. Um, I mean, I've seen guys push John boats with them, so it can, it can definitely cool. do the job. It'll get you going. And I think you'll enjoy it. So definitely a thumbs up recommendation from me as well. Yep. I'll say four and a half out of five motors for me. (laughs) 4.2 motors for me. (laughs) Just because of the stupid carabiners. (laughs) Yeah, those carabiners are stupid. The, 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 The lift line carabiner just needs to be bigger. That's it. That's that's literally that's it. it. Everything else is perfectly fine. They lock. They're good locking carabiners for being the small ones. Usually the small locking carabiners you can like bend with your thumb. They don't bend. They're cool. Uh, but yeah, the one on the lift line, stupid. Just stupid. Yeah, the, Just the needs mouth to needs to be bigger or something. That's it. I don't know. That's it. Or thinner <laughs> so you can get it around it. That's it. Yeah. Um, but that and maybe use like paracord instead of the lift line stuff they gave so it doesn't break. Yeah. I don't know. That's just a thought. That's a good idea too. But guys, thanks for listening to the end of the episode. As always, if you have any questions or anything, reach out to either one of us on Instagram. Our socials will be down below. Don't forget to use code uh, paddle20 to get 20% off your first month of the Dark Horse Weekender box. And uh, everyone have a good week in tight lines. Tight lines and smooth paddling. Shout out to Brian Schiller. 